Okay, you ready to start this show? Uh, your host of the evening is a really funny dude. Um, I forgot his last name, but I've seen him before and he's really funny. Uh, give it up for Mike. Oh, From the lucky 13th floor of a commercial high-rise in beautiful Beverly Hills, adjacent California. From the studios of Sirius XM West, boasting an obstructed view of the world-famous Hollywood sign, this is The Tully Show. I am your host, Mike Tully. Joining me today to discuss the NBA Finals matchup, the world has been clamoring for the one we simply cannot get enough of. Hello and welcome back, Andrew Groose. Thank you. It's uh, another surprising final matchup, I guess. Preseason extended to over 100 games this year. little disappointing, although the commissioner, Adam Silver, said in his State of the Association talk before Game 1 that these other teams need to do something about it. Super teams aren't bad. You don't want mediocrity in the NBA, and so kind of accept what, what you guys got here. Well, parody is not exactly fun, but we're a long, long ways from parody. But I like the idea. He also mentioned putting in a hard cap, which would potentially stop these super teams from forming in the first place. But I was more intrigued by round one of the NBA playoffs for like six out of the eight matchups than I am necessarily in the NBA finals. The only reason why I watched game one of the NBA finals last night is because I knew I was going to be discussing it with you today. I will almost definitely watch every game of the finals, but there's a really good chance some of the games I'll be watching two, three days after they happen when I already know what happened in them because I simply do not care who wins this finals matchup. Would you have cared if Houston or Boston was one of the teams in it? I would have cared if Houston was one of the teams in it. Boston... It, well, it would have been cool to me personally, in my biased fan opinion, if the Rockets won. Of course, it would have been one of the most amazing sports stories ever if the Celtics had won. And I guess I would have got behind that. But I'm just butthurt about the Celtics as we establish every time we do this. Yeah, I would have been way more interested in watching the finals. I think it is safe to say that the Warriors would have wiped the floor with the Celtics. I have no idea what would have happened with the Rockets. And you've got to assume Chris Paul healthy. Right. Because Chris Paul healthy, yes, I, I'd want to see them face off against Cleveland. Absolutely. Face off against Boston, whatever. Yeah. Chris Paul not healthy with James Harden somewhat being run down towards the end of that series and mm-hmm. not being super impressive. But you do have guys like Eric Gordon stepping up. was interesting. I just wonder if the NBA is happy that they got this matchup I think they again. are. Because, you know, kids and casual fans are all front runners. And unfortunately, you know, Nickelback's the biggest, biggest rock band in the world. Like, what's good for the bottom line isn't necessarily what's good for the soul of the sport. Um, I think one of the reasons why I would have been less interested in the Celtics being in the finals as well is because I do not believe that there was a finals caliber team in the East. And... Anything can happen when you have LeBron James on your team. So I know, like, by definition, the Celtics are a a finals caliber team because they made it to the finals. And they're more of a legitimate finals team than, say, the New Jersey Nets were when they went, where they just benefited from the um, disparity between the two conferences. LeBron James, with four scrubs, can win an NBA championship. It would have been less exciting if the Celtics had got there because I 
don't think they were actually playing at an NBA Finals level. They're just a tough out. That's all they are without their two best players and whoever else they're going to add. But it's one of the disappointing things about it. Going into the NBA playoffs, you thought, yeah, Toronto is an NBA Finals caliber team. Or at least a lot of people thought that way because of the season DeRozan and Lowry were having. I said that on on the show a couple times. To go with Ibaka and, and the rest of those guys. Of course, getting swept in round two is a really, really bad look for thinking that you are a potential upsetter of Cleveland. And there were hopes with how Philadelphia was playing towards the end of the year that they were NBA Finals caliber. It's a couple years early, and to not have Fultz playing at all would have been surprising for them to make it. But a lot of a lot of pundits also said, yeah, they are a matchup, a tough out for Cleveland. They didn't get there, but they were potentially NBA Finals caliber. It's disappointing to me as a LeBron hater that he keeps his tremendous, unbelievable streak of going to the Finals alive because I, the Cavs, to me, did not beat a good team that played well. well that's they, one they, of the... they played not great teams who played extraordinarily well, like the Pacers and the Celtics, and they played good teams like the Raptors who fucking shit the bed. But do you think you are underappreciating... Right, Boston... By missing Gordon Hayward and Kyrie, they're mm-hmm. down. But are you underappreciating the fact that they are two top three picks and Al Horford still on that team? How do you think this... Okay, See, it's weird because the league is so top-heavy now. I've asked myself this question because always, we've always had this question with teams in the East. Well, what would happen if they played in the West? Who would the Celtics have been beaten by in the West? Like, do the Celtics I would, I would, beat the Jazz? I would be, uh, oh yeah, I think so. I think so. It just seems like there aren't a lot of teams that will not beat themselves. You know, and I feel like the Celtics won't beat themselves. I really wish we had a bronze medal in the NBA because I would watch the fuck out of a Rockets Celtics, Celtics, you know? And I don't know who wins that because the Rockets can absolutely beat themselves. And it seems weird that a team that we're saying could have perhaps should have beaten the warriors perhaps would have beaten the rock the warriors if they kept if chris paul had stayed healthy is still not a rock solid team right but it's when the team is reliant and I, whatever the stat was like they were 0 for 27, 27 i think yeah. it was for 3 it's just like that's a tough that's a tough look if you're going to be thought of as one of the top 2 teams in the, in the nba if you can then go 0 for 27 in Game 7. It's just, when I go back to the, to Boston, and a lot of people were saying, man, just let's just wait till next year. But then you look at their team, and, and they've got a lot of talent on that team. Mm-hmm. That being said, you can go down the line in the, in the NBA, and the Washington Wizards have three top three picks. Weren't there. OKC kind of flamed out. With well, Paul t- George, you and- can you can only make so much of top three picks. Not all top three picks are are created equal. The the Celtics. But I don't think people people definitely didn't think Jalen Brown was on the same level as a as a Paul George, but he stepped up huge. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I, I think more to the point, they have a couple of incredible budding star young players in addition to Al Horford, and then everybody else is fundamentally sound on the team. Forget about where they were drafted. Does it? Is it crazy for me to say, and I know that this is, um, well, I don't care how this sounds. It seems to me that teams that live and die by the three, which is for sure the Rockets, and to an extent even the Warriors, I've always kind of felt like 
they're very good at blowing people out. It's really hard to trust those teams when they get into a rock fight, when things slow down. Obviously, the Warriors have won tight games. Obviously, the Rockets won tight games in these playoffs. But it feels like there's a lot of tight buttholes when Steph hasn't been getting off and he's still shooting those threes with 90 seconds left in the game as opposed to just a guy who can just go down and bully in his way in and get you a bucket. And do you think that is why the Warriors' third quarter rush is such a thing? Yes. Because they just come out, and if you have one of those three-point shooting teams where you can go five wide or four wide, and you hit three in a row, like that's a 9-0 run Mm -hmm. or a 9-2, a 9-5 run, whatever, and then all of a sudden the game is blown out and you've just been blitzed by this three-point shooting barrage, even if for the rest of the game – Draymond hasn't hit a single shot in two weeks. So it's it's surprising. I didn't love what Cleveland did last night in terms of LeBron taking the ball at the top of the key and getting a switch. So it was him versus Steph. I was like, man, get in the post. Get that on the wing. But taking it at the top of the key, I didn't think made a lot of sense. I think it is remarkable. And there's just so many, there's so many remarkable things about LeBron James. It's easy to forget a lot of the remarkable things about LeBron James. The fact that they were supposed to have Isaiah Thomas running the point and failing that they're supposed to have Derek Rose running the point. And it's pretty remarkable that now they just have a point power forward and didn't miss a beat and are probably better off with LeBron having the ball in his hands, assuming he can, in terms of stamina, keep that, you know, keep that usage up than they would be with, I don't know, who's your, you know, Jeff Teague, your your middle of the road point guard. It's just looking at, at, the the Cavaliers offense last night when they're running a pick and roll let me get that switch on to LeBron and he's got the smaller guy and most of the time it was Steph at the top of the key it's like you take away some of your strength now going downhill you can bully your way to the basket but if you get that ball on the wing and then set up Corver and Love opposite side like I think you have more space because the concern that I had last night was Corver's shot looks great it's slow. Kevin Love's shot, great. It's slow, though. It's not a Ray Allen quick jumper off the wing, and so the Warriors were able to recover pretty well, I thought, when LeBron was taking at the top of the key. They'd jump in, try to help out Steph. I just don't see that. First of all, I don't think you can keep that up for six games, seven games, whatever, and I don't think it's the most effective use of LeBron's strengths. Like, I want him in the post against Clay against Steph, whoever. Not Draymond, but anybody else on that team. Give it to LeBron every single time. Do how much do you read into the fact that the Cavs could have and, you know, almost did win that game? Is this more of a series than we realize, or is that just the close one in the blowout series? I really doubt it. Yeah. I mean all the all the time LeBron will say game one is a strictly feeling out type game. It's not a true reflection of what's going to happen in the series. So on a game where you lose that one, I still think the Warriors can just run away with it. I wouldn't expect this to go past five. Yeah. Has there ever been less talent on um, a finals team two through, well, I mean, two through 12 is a funny thing that we say, but. Were some, were some of the Pistons teams not as, not super talented and they didn't necessarily have a one. Yeah. I mean, that was what, Rip, Ben Wallace, uh, Billups. Chelsea. I don't look at those is like super power teams it's amazing that jeff green is a vital cog in all this that jordan clarkson 
gets real minutes. How are the the Nets teams? I mean, Jason Kidd was yeah. Again, I don't really. I guess it's different. I, the, the the thing that comes to mind for me is what was it? The first team that LeBron took to the finals, right? His first time around there. No, the Nets were. I don't. I don't really know. They were like a a a a team that should have won a championship in like the Spanish professional league or something like that. They were really, really, really cool against inferior opponents. And they had depth, but they got they were kind of a JV squad. And on the opposite side of the spectrum, has there ever been a more talented five on the war than the Warriors? Four hard to and imagine. whoever hard to imagine. Well, not not four and whoever because I think the over twenty seven from the Rockets overshadowed the absence of Paul. And because I I don't think that would have happened with Chris Paul being there. Chris Paul just seemed like he had emerged with the last in the in games um four and five as the stabilizing force on the rockets and i just don't think they were that was going to happen that that meltdown and something was up with harden again i don't know if he's his legs just can't keep up supposedly he was under the weather in the middle part of that series if that suddenly caught up to him and he just didn't have that lift and drive but this is the third time a broken record it keeps happening yeah yeah what is that being said it also keeps happening with chris paul that's something unfortunate yeah takes place and he's out of the playoffs so what is james harden like what what is he a lot of people said he is strictly a regular season player i don't know that those things really exist it's yeah it's hard to say like all of a sudden his skills diminish in the playoffs if if he was um maybe the game's a little less freewheeling and that plays in the freewheeling aspect of the regular season where it's not yeah. everybody giving 100% every single minute. Harden's able to step up a little bit, but if 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 it had been Harden instead of Durant who'd gone to the Warriors, would we be saying that Harden is a regular season guy that he just the rack the the Warriors just put him on their back and carry him to championships? I find that very very hard to believe. Do you think Durant would be able to do with the Rockets what Harden does? It's so different because he's not that ball dominant. But he could. Guy, he could be. I guess he could be. Like if you if you take out Westbrook yeah. when he was injured, Durant was yeah. super ball dominant. I think once again it shows how good LeBron James is that it's really really hard being being the guy on a team of really good role players can kind of only get you so far in a world where the Warriors exist. And you're saying the the four, I think were like I say the Chris Paul thing has not been forgotten, but is kind of overshadowed. The absence of Iguodala also has been overshadowed. Andre Iguodala might be a lot more important to this thing than the casual fan would ever recognize. Right, and instead you have to to trot out JaVale McGee, who I so hope fun. you saw that layup oh, yeah. dunk. I was just I, I, I had saw one of those. That. I had one of those at the gym this morning. The difference is he's two feet taller than me. <laughs> the amount of times I saw that when he was in a Wizards uniform <laughs> just brought back nightmares. Him and Nick Young. It's it's maddening to think that they are going to win an NBA championship. He together. has the body language of you know when two guys wear um, a horse costume and one guy's the front and one guy's the back. He has the same body language. Oh, it's been that way. It's it's I know. it's it's unbelievable that he's going to win an NBA championship. Kind of breaks my heart. But good for him. But now he's playing because Iguodala's injured. Yeah. Or you got Sean Livingston or maybe Kevin Looney. Those guys, nothing special. Uh, I like Bell, the rookie, but he doesn't get a ton of minutes, and he's been injured off and on throughout the season. But, man, there's so much talent. And Durant played awful last night. Mm -hmm. So it's just hard to think that the Warriors are going to have any trouble. So what is to like about this series? I think... The it'll be interesting to see what JR's 
responses in game two? He has not. When's the last time he had a really, really good postseason? Is it possible we've just already seen the best of JR? He's so streaky mm-hmm. that could he hit seven for 10 one game and, oh, yeah. and lead them to a win? Yes, I would doubt that that would take place. Those games seem. They've, at one point, when he first arrived with the Cavs, felt like a little bit of a of a coin flip right and to his credit he didn't miss a beat he went from being that on again off again 50 50 coin flip guy on garbage teams to being that guy on a championship contender i mean the guy has humongous balls like all great many great six men both to his credit and his detriment it just seems like um the the days where good jr shows up are becoming less frequent do you think his explanation of what occurred last night makes a difference or has any impact or does he just like forget that the minute game two starts i think he will be fine i think um and these are the things that i don't like about lebron there's certain just cultural issues that seem to follow him wherever he goes and it's hard to believe it doesn't come from the top down if that had been george hill or jordan clarkson or somebody like that maybe I think JR is just oblivious and cocksure enough that, and, and experienced and established enough that he doesn't take that with him. Does George Hill missing the second free throw, which a lot of people overlook, like, yeah, the, the Cavs, he's an 80% free throw shooter. Yeah. He, I thought he shot that first one. I, I was surprised that one went in. Thought it was a little strong, but that second shot misses it. He was having a good game, but. You can miss a free throw. I, I don't know. It's, are it's are you accusing him of choking? Yeah, that was. I thought. Yeah, that was bad. What is what is George Hill? You know what? What do we? What do we expect? Should Should George Hill be ideally a guy who's a key contributor on, uh, you know, on the road in the finals? In a perfect world, it's certainly not the way the Cavs drew it up in the off season. Right, but if you look at at outside of this of these past couple years with the super teams, whether it's Miami or the Warriors. A player like George Hill is a third man on a number of championship teams, right? Is he? I would think he. Who I would are, think okay, he is. okay, I mean, let's go through who are the last few. So if we go to like the Spurs, now they had a, a kind of a big three, but those were developed in house. Like, well, he was on the Spurs, and he wasn't one of their top three. But could he have he been was number five? Yeah, true. Well. And I feel like his stock was quite a bit higher in the league. I think he went from that to signing a decent contract. I think that was even before he went to the Was that the Kawhi the trade to Indiana? Yes. That moved them up? Yeah. And I think that is when his stock was high enough that you could get stuff like a Kawhi pick for him. And I feel like his stock is sort of... Uh, and he's not the first guy who seems to have been at his best when he played with the Spurs. No, that's fair. I just... I, th- I think of and him... And I like George Hill. As a better than serviceable point guard, if you yeah. put him in the the Lou Williams, Jeff Teague, you already mentioned type category, like mm-hmm. that, that makes sense to me. And, and is that is that the third best guy on a championship team? Where do you think Tony Parker was in the league when the Spurs were at their peak? Uh, in terms of point guards, like point guards, mm-hmm. like we're in a point guard revolution now. Yeah, wasn't that? that way in the early 2000s necessarily i think he was a um a top in the top third of the leagues and point a, a league in point guard point guards and he has proven himself time and time again as a big game player right so 
George Hill not in that level. No. But I think he should be in the middle third. Yeah. And I, I think I'm you just, gotta I'm have just the... not surprised that that guy... I mean, we're making a lot out of a single free throw. He's, you know... 80% means he misses one out of every five. True, true. He missed that I mean, one. It's, it's tough. And I love the, the cut to the basket that he made because he saw all the players shading towards LeBron. And, and to cut in there, felt like he kind of took Clay's arm with him when he got the foul call there, but loved the play. I don't know how you expect human beings to ref these games anymore because everybody fouls everybody on every single play. Yeah, it's kind of hard that they missed that uh, LeBron drive to the basket, and I think it was Looney's arm that caught LeBron the the previous play, and yeah. that was a no call going down the other way. Maybe Tough. maybe the refs are just tired because here's just an observation about the last every superstar in the NBA complains every single time they are shoot in the paint and don't get a foul call. Every single time, and every single player in the NBA who is established complains every single time a foul is called on them. It's, I mean, it's it's millennials. It's millennials, but I I would like These guys to are a them. bunch of bitches. It's getting really really frustrating to watch games where every fucking offensive possession ends with somebody holding both their palms up to the sky like why me what just happened am i the only per- you're the only person in the arena who didn't realize that i just lebron james just got fouled there steph curry just got fouled there everybody does you know the um uh, the seagulls in finding nemo they go right. like mine 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 the new thing now is when one guy holds his hand straight up to indicate all i did was stand there and illegal you know i couldn't have possibly fouled Everybody else does it too. Even when the replay completely makes it blatantly obvious, no, you didn't. You smack LeBron James in the jaw. Well, that's the that's the most infuriating part about Draymond. Like I, I really hate I hate the Warriors now because mm-hmm. of how Draymond acts on the court. Just the clapping he was making fun of, like LeBron shimmy. It's just like, dude, you're a talented player, like whatever. But you're an eight and six, eight six and five guy. Like acting hard on the court, like who are you? Who was the guy in the first round? I know we talked about it on this. The some Euro dude, and it's just it's offensive. It's it's childish. Like I'm um I'm a parent, and my kid's almost starting to get it. And within a year or two, I will be using Draymond Green as the example of how you don't play basketball. What poor sportsmanship looks like, and it's not cool. And I I don't know what I expect Steve Kerr to do and like cuz I I I think Steve Kerr seems like a pretty morally upstanding guy and I Clay is getting a little bit of I feel like the attitude of the Warriors is rubbing off on Clay a little bit for the most part I think personality wise he's still my favorite of the core guys I don't know how you defend that guy other than to say well we can't win without him cuz he's think, a fucking asshole Oh absolutely do you think he's I was trying to, I was trying to compare him to a player like was KG as annoying like KG barked on the court mm-hmm. and was in people's faces and just a, a dick on the court I don't feel like he was this annoying like Draymond's like a, a gnat it's really really frustrating no he's a little bit more like Lambiri right and I think to an extent it just comes down to when you decide that you like a person. I think most people found KG fundamentally likable. You excuse stuff. And I think most right-thinking people have collectively decided that Draymond Green is not likable and therefore this shit is inexcusable. And and Steph is... 
I just sound like such an old man, but you know, I don't, I don't like all Steph's body language has become pretty irritating as well. It's, it's, it's really bad. And I love when a player has joy on the court mm-hmm. and is happy and having a good time. But when Steph hit that three pointer at the end of the second quarter and stands there, turns to the crowd, does his like one, two, three finger yeah. and walks off, it's just like, oh, like, I don't know what it's just irritating. It has a lot to do with it's like the underdog overdog thing. When you're doing that shit, when you're on the way up, it's kind of cute. And, and and but then you add Durant to that team, and like you're still doing this. Nobody expected this of me type routine. So, you know, I asked you the question, "What's to like about this series?" I was having this conversation with my wife last night, and we we're watching it. And we were trying to figure out who we like watching in this series. I, I'm rooting for LeBron, and I never thought that would happen. I don't think it's going to yeah, happen, right. but I think. I want LeBron to win. I can't go that far. I'm pretty sure the other side of my bed has has swung against me. We won't discuss that. But on the the best answer I could come up with for who I still like watching on other than the basketball shit, it's phenomenal. The shot that Steph hit that you're referring to is just it's it's stupid. Um, I still enjoy watching Kevin Durant play basketball, and the best reason I could come up with other than the obvious he's amazing at basketball is because he doesn't have signature dance moves after he hits big shots to the extent that Steph does. Right. He's not throwing the Jason Tatum ice in the veins or the shimmy or whatever. It's But Durant's attitude, I, I just feel like he's picked up a yeah. lot of Draymond in his game. And it's like, that's not KD. Like, I really enjoyed watching KD at, at Texas for a year and then go to OKC. I loved him. It was awesome. And it's just not... The same, and to hear him do interviews and just blast NBA writers and things like that, it's just like, oh man, like, why? I know. It's funny, because in the beginning, I think people thought that because he was, because of his body language, and because he was soft-spoken, and because he's kind of, he's still kind of gangly, that he might be kind of soft, and... I can remember the year when KD started getting a little bit of an attitude, and I, I liked it. I remember thinking at the time... He's not really like this, but he's got to do it. He has to have some attitude. Yep. He has to hold his own out there. And um, I was giving him more credit than he deserved. Apparently, there was a budding little asshole. And at the same time, while critiquing the Warriors on this stuff, like I had no problem with LeBron shoving Steph at the end of the game after blocking his shot in game one. Like That was fine by me. Like mm-hmm. I will take that trash talking all day, that physical play, it's just the Draymond, KD, and St- I. I like Clay. Like I'll take I like Clay. Clay. I like Clay. But the other three, man, just really grind on me. I loved the conversation that Steph and LeBron had, where because they're so goddamn important, they both needed to talk through their shirts. Because heaven forbid any of the normal people know what we're talking about right now when we have our little summit. Well, supposedly, so as uh, LeBron blocked that that layup uh, towards the end of the overtime. Uh, Steph told him, you couldn't let me have it, and LeBron said something to the effect of, get the fuck out of here, blah, blah, blah. That was kind of the the lip reading that I did, and yeah, fuck you, Steph, no. Yeah, and then that, of course, then leads into the Tristan and Sean Livingston thing and the Draymond, and so then I guess they tried to hash it out, but they weren't going to let the cameras catch any of their, their lip reading, and so they covered it with the towels and the jerseys. Which is now a common thing. I was rooting for Draymond to not get pulled away, so that he what he's only what he's got four T's in the playoffs, and 
Yeah, it depends on like what level flagrant it is and all that stuff. But I know he got his fourth and seven makes you lose a game, and I was like, oh, I'd love for him to get the fifth right here, right now. When it does not even matter. And I so I started thinking about the Cavs, and I'm like, who do I enjoy on the Cavs? Who do you like to watch playing basketball at this moment in time, other than LeBron James on the Cavs? I like watching Corver shoot. That's super boring, but it's such a yeah. picture perfect shot. Like mm-hmm. I can watch Ray Allen shoot a basketball. That's great. Bradley Beal shoot a basketball. And Corver, I think, is in that kind of category. Yes. Larry Nance can be somewhat exciting. See, that's the, that's the answer I came up with. I, I enjoy Larry Nance Jr. That's a fucking problem that that's the most exciting guy, a guy who has trouble getting off the bench. That is a problem. Kevin Love's not super fun to watch at all. He's a, kind of uh, – I'm trying to think of who to compare him to. Carl Maloney? By, by not getting off the ground, like low vertical – just, just gobbles up rebounds re- that are in his... Res- respect what you do, don't care to watch it. And he's also... Um, he's amazing in how quietly he accumulates stats. I'm yeah, he's always, like, oh, it's 15 boards last night. What? I, I, I'm always like, where's where has he been all night? And this is my problem, because I'm like, where's he been all night? And they're like, oh, that's, uh, you know, love hits that. That's 19 for him through three and a half. And I'm like, he hasn't... I don't remember a single one of them. Yeah, it's impressive. But, man, I'm trying to think any other Cavaliers that would be interesting to watch. Clarkson's not fun to watch. If JR goes on, like, a crazy streak, good or bad, that's entertaining, but that's not necessarily good basketball that I'm tuning in to see. That's more of, like, what's he going to do this time? (laughs) I love how often the Cavs bicker after missed defensive uh, assignments. And again, to me, this is just a LeBron cultural thing. This is this starts at the top. And I'm so used to watching that with the Wizards, though, because <laughs> John Wall, Marcin Gortat, Bradley Beal would just <coughs> yell at each other while sitting down. And Scotty Brooks would just be like, all right, I mm-hmm. guess this is a timeout where I'm not going to be able to coach. <laughs> really bad mojo going on in this team. I doubt that the Cavs genuinely like love each other but I also think that there were a couple times where I saw it and I was like oh this is them uh, you know against the Celtics and I'm like oh this is them starting to to melt down and now I'm not so sure you know how there's just sometimes you know a couple that just bitch at each other all the time but they're fundamentally fine I think the Cavs might be okay with just I think Tristan Thompson maybe just thrives on having LeBron James yell at him I mean if he gets that paycheck because LeBron wants him still on that team you gotta just take it yeah. Now, do you think Draymond and KD have that same relationship? Because apparently they Draymond just goes after KD all the time. Calls him soft, what are you doing, shoot the ball, blah, 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 throughout the course of the regular season and the playoffs. And KD's like, okay, I better play better. <laughs> but it's just, all, I, Draymond is just killing me. It's, he's killing me. It's it's tough. It's tough. And I've, you know, I haven't always been a really huge NBA fan, and I'm not, and I've been so obsessed with the league for five, ten years now. I'm not even all that excited moving forward. I don't really know what team I would be excited about. You know, the Sixers are Sixers would be super cool. And Embiid, if he can keep playing, seems like I enjoy his Twitter shenanigans. The summer of Embiid just playing random small white dudes on playgrounds in <laughs> Philadelphia. The highlights that show up on Instagram are great. Yeah, and he can play tennis too. It's impressive. 
they're kind of neat. They're kind of neat. And Simmons is, you know, hopefully he'll learn how to shoot a basketball. And I, I Sarge, this, this Sarge was a real revelation for me. If I really enjoy watching that guy, we play. do have the the Simmons dating a Kardashian curse starting though. Just I'm spotted not, with, not, one, with whatever yeah. Kardashian Blake Griffin dated for a while. Blake Griffin dated one too. I'm yeah. not interested. I, I will. I'll, I'll. I don't know which one Harden dated. I don't know when it started. I don't know when it ended. That's something I'm. I'm really sitting out. But I don't. I don't. I don't even know what I'm rooting for at this point. The Rockets winning would have been cool, despite the fact James Harden and Chris Paul certainly not the two most likable superstars the NBA's ever had. I don't even know what I want. To happen, I know, and look, the Celtics. Everybody's got every right to get excited about the Celtics team. I've got my own fucking hang up there, but outside of that, I, I I don't know where are we going here. Well, it's a question of like, how big were you ever into college basketball? Um, I used to follow Syracuse when they had Sherman Douglas and Ronnie Cycli. So that's that's a couple decades ago. <laughs> I guess the question would be, does this one and done rule? Where instead of guys either leaving for the NBA right out of high school or normally sticking around for two, three years, because a lot of these kids are now doing one year and gone, you don't have the you have dynasties in the sense that Duke and Kentucky are great, but you don't build relationships with these college basketball teams and players anymore. So Yeah, that's when I got out. To me it seems very, very simple. I dug that Syracuse team. I kind of I saw them there was a third guy. I, anyway, I saw, you know, oh, maybe we'll get him next year. I don't, why would I even get invested in you when you're just going to be, in, if you're any good, I'll see you in the NBA next year when you can start developing a jump shot. Right. Like the problem was I hated Leitner. I hated Bobby Hurley and all those Duke teams. All fair. As a Maryland fan, like I don't, I there's nobody to hate on Duke or North Carolina or in the Big Ten anymore because the players cycle out every year. And so it's just not as entertaining and therefore... When that transfers over to the NBA, like, yeah, cool. Marvin Bagley looked really good. DeAndre Ayton looked really good in college for a year. But I don't have a a love-hate relationship with those guys. And so, yeah, it'll be cool if Phoenix adds one of them. Or whenever Luka Doncic comes over, if Sacramento gets him, like, great. But it's not the same type of relationship that I had with those players 10, 15 years ago when they came into the NBA. Remind me again why we can't just not change anything except abolish the the max contract what do you mean because if you don't want super teams so let somebody offer kevin durant 80 million dollars a year when he's up for free agency well I, i guess what silver was talking about yesterday or two days ago was if we put in that hard cap of 102 million dollars where you can't even exceed it to sign your own players like guess what, Draymond's not going to take ten million. Clay's not going to take fifteen when they can get twenty five on the open market. That will break up the hard the the super teams. I see. I don't understand the cap at all, and I don't think anybody really does. Which is why teams employ you know full time nerd squads to to explain it to them. The Warriors have next year. Everybody is still under contract. Then they need to start making decisions. So you, they can sign Clay to an extension this off season if they want. That would limit the amount of money that Clay can make, and would then consequently save the Warriors tons of tax penalties in the future. The problem is because it's a soft cap, so you can only sign just arbitrary number. You have a hundred million dollar soft cap. If you've got 85 tied up, you can sign 15 for free agents that aren't on your team. 
players on your team, you can exceed the soft cap, go into the luxury tax, pay a tax on top of whatever you exceed on the soft cap. So that's how super teams are built. The Warriors' actual salary in a couple years will be like $350 million. With so all even the if they're penalties. wildly over the cap when Draymond comes up, they can still like max out Draymond? That's not the way it... No. Yeah. yeah. No. Because you can extend your own players within and so, just so, pay so the so luxury They can have four guys with the super max? Well, Durant can't get it, but... Uh, right. So you can... Yeah. And which I, I don't and hate. everybody else is veterans minimum? Minim- yeah. I don't hate that idea because I love rewarding front offices that draft and develop their own guys. Like, that's good. Mm-hmm. And then also sign Kevin Durant, yes. Right, that's the problem when you have a salary cap that still allows. And it really happened because Steph got such a an awesome contract coming yeah. off all those ankle injuries. He it's signed spooky. like a four-year, $40 million deal. Yeah. Makes sense for him at the time to lock in some good cash, but he's also wildly underpaid for a couple years, thereby allowing them to sneak Durant into their cap. When Steph comes up, he can sign the Supermax, and yeah, now he's on the books for $35 million a year or whatever. Eliminate the the soft cap and the luxury tax. Everybody's got to fit. Now you can always have super teams, but our players going to accept taking thirty percent of what they could make from other teams? That would be the question, right? I think it's also going to become more and more of a thing moving forward. With so much endorsement money, does it really matter what you get from your from your team? Well, that's interesting, though. I don't know how much endorsement money there is out there. Because I think the shoe deals have been, like, Giannis is the only guy that's got a brand new shoe coming out. Uh-huh. Guys are not getting paid what they previously were. Like, John Wall didn't have a shoe deal for two years because he kept expecting either Adidas or Reebok or Nike or Under Armour to come at him with a better deal. Never got it. He's not getting his own signature shoe. Resigned with Adidas. Not a ton of money. So the endorsement deals, I don't know how much there is out there. I, I must just be in a bad mood today. Giannis was kind of bugging me during the playoffs, too. For for what reason? Like, that team doesn't Bledsoe, huge bust. Yeah. They don't have a lot. Like, he's, there's just he, not much there. He Brogdon, like, like, and I know he's young, but he seems like the guy where when he's not getting calls and his team is losing, he reminds me of the kid. I you know We all knew this kid when we were 11 years old who will go over the back out of frustration, will will foul a guy to try to take a ball away out of frustration. Do you think he was reading all the press clippings about how his coach was the worst coach in the NBA? It's hard, like, as a, as a player, I would think it's hard to avoid all that outside noise all the time. And when it's well, just... Well, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're reading the press clippings or not, because there's obviously a fraternity of NBA players, and more importantly, a fraternity of, like, the superstars... And you don't. You can totally tune out Twitter and, um, and and your local, you know, the Milwaukee Sentinel or whatever. And and Steph Curry or LeBron James is is going to tell you that. Yeah, it's just tough. I mean, he has a lot going for him. Mm-hmm. Nike's really building him up. New shoe, as we mentioned, but yeah, he's awesome. The team is not great, and no. they don't have money available. Jabari's probably going to leave. And so what does that team look like in two years when Giannis has a potential contract extension up? He's, he says he wants to be a buck for life. Hard to imagine that actually taking place. Yeah, yeah. We discussed this last time, I think, right? They'll, they'll get one more 
shot at getting a, a coach for him. You know, what I, I think everybody, I get the sense that everybody there wanted Kid gone. And if you didn't, you know, you have to have a little bit of foresight and long-term planning. If Kid needs to go and, you know, you can't take Mr. Right now. You have to find Mr. Right. And if the guy, the two or three guys that you're targeting aren't available mid-season, then... You just had to run it out with the interim. Right, and I think... It wasn't I, like you were going to compete for anything anyway. Yeah, I think Clifford's the guy that they settled on, and that's been universally praised as this guy is a brilliant basketball mind. He will hopefully take Giannis to the next level. Was he a college guy? No, he was... Uh, where did he Steve coach? Steve Clifford? Yeah. Uh, I know the name. Maybe Charlotte beforehand? Yeah. He's, he's bounced around. <laughs> I can see how I wouldn't know who he was. <laughs> but it's, once again, you go to, like, how much improvement does that team have mm-hmm. to make if, all right, they've got what pick number 18 in the draft that's outside of the top seven or eight picks that people think will be contributors next year and they don't have salary cap space and if they want to add a player it's really just re-signing Jabari which further deteriorates any movement that they can make in the future yeah you don't want to re-sign Jabari and so like I I just don't see I don't know what you want to do I know you don't want to do that right but if you don't re-sign Jabari, you have, what, the mid-level exception available to you? And yep. so then you're you're fucked. Mm-hmm. And there's not much improvement to make. And so yep. you're not going to match yep. Boston. You're not going to match Philly. Toronto is still a really good regular season team. And wherever LeBron goes, I find it hard to imagine he'd go to the West. I don't think he would go to Philly. But that's apparently on the table. I think it just makes sense for him to stay in Cleveland. And I would bet they would make the NBA Finals next year, no matter who else is on that team. So that was a question I was going to ask you moving forward. Whatever happens in these finals, I don't think anybody could blame or would blame LeBron for leaving Cleveland. I think he's free to do that. You think he ought to stay in Cleveland? I don't like the Lakers, but if you get Paul George and LeBron James on the Lakers, I think that makes most sense for both of them. Uh-huh. What about what about the the LeBron to the Rockets talk. Yeah, that makes sense too. See, I can't get mad at anything anymore because if you put together a super team that beat the Warriors, I would just laugh. It's so horrible for for the NBA if LeBron James goes to the Rockets, but and it makes the finals just such a, a sham. Well, oh, I don't yeah, know. I mean, yeah. the Celtics are going to be good. I assume, I'm assuming they're going to be the team that's going to be coming out for the next few years, but... I think it's hilarious if he goes to the Rockets. And I wouldn't have said that until Durant went to the Warriors. That just fucked everything. That would be really entertaining to see. I guess the question then becomes, if that domino happens, where do the rest fall? And like, does Paul George be like, uh, I don't know, do I just stay in Oklahoma City? Does Kawhi force his hand and try to go start, to Boston? I think you start drinking. You start smoking a lot more weed because it, it simply doesn't it doesn't matter. All right, so let's say does does Boston make their like godfather trade and try to get Anthony Davis or Kawhi onto that team by offering up Jalen Brown, Tatum, and Sacramento's number one protected pick next year? Okay, who if you are this because the, I think the Celtics are thinking about Grand Slam trades right now, and I guess the little rumor is Carl Anthony Towns. Towns. Davis, depending on what New Orleans wants to do. If Milwaukee's as fucked as you say they are. You can't give up Giannis, can you? I guess you could. When you've just checkmated yourself with your situation and Boston gives you a way 
to start to 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 start fresh in a in a in a really in a you know on really fertile soil with you know draft picks young players like man Tatum Brown <laughs> Sacramento's pick and like scary Terry for Giannis be interesting and man if Boston trotted out like a Kyrie Gordon Marcus Smart just abolish Giannis the regular season. Like who's gonna who's paying for regular season tickets when it's not one of these three th- three teams coming to town? Because I believe that the Celtics are gonna do something stupid. You don't think it's Kawhi? Do you think Kawhi? I don't know. Stays? It's it's gonna be somebody. That's risky, man. With everything that Boston has going for him, let's assume Kawhi really couldn't play this year. There's lower risk superstars that that would probably be potentially attainable. He wouldn't be the first guy I'd be going for. Put it that way. Right. No, that's fair. It's just there's not that many people. I mean, listening to some like Bill Simmons in particular, and I understand his Boston homerism. He was like Tatum's a top three player, like no trade value player. Like there are LeBron Durant. That's who you trade for Tatum. Yeah. It's like that's not realistic. But maybe he's like top 15 to 20. I have no idea. I just like trying to go down the list. Like, do you trade? Wiggins for Tatum. It's like, no, I probably prefer Tatum. Oh, hell no. No, no, no. Dear dear God, no, no. I mean, what about, are we sure that it needs, that Tatum needs to be involved in a deal? Like they have, I think they have like five number one picks next year. Are you tell me some sort of package of, of, um, of Jalen Brown and number one picks doesn't get you, uh, uh, I mean, they wouldn't take a call for that in Minnesota. They might, but that's really tough to give up Carl Anthony Towns. <laughs> My God. That's scary. They just have is... I, all I'm saying is they have a, a ludicrous amount of uh, maybe the specific trades I'm talking about don't make any sense. I don't pretend to understand the the relative values of these things, but they have a lot of trading capital. And by the way, that's before you get into trading Gordon Hayward or we're not going to extend Kyrie anyway. You know, that Right. That, I, they have a lot of options. I guess the question would be is do you want to wait and see what Cleveland does, what LeBron does, not what Cleveland does, because they actually have no role in this. LeBron will say <laughs> know, wherever yeah. he's going. Yeah. Do you want to wait and see if LeBron stays in the East, then maybe, yeah, you got to swing for the fences with a trade and add a top 15 player somehow. But if LeBron leaves and goes to Houston or L.A., man, just run it back. And with Gordon and with Kyrie there next year, like you've got to be the prohibitive favorite over Philly. Well, if it's just if you're trying to win the championship rather than just get to the finals, to me it just becomes a lot more about the the calendar of the cap math of here's what we can do this year and what are we gonna do with Kyrie in a year or two. And 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 by the way, I think another thing that kind of got lost in the sauce, I think LeBron James got so lucky that Kyrie Irving got hurt. Because that would have been a bad way for LeBron's final streak to end. And I'm fairly certain it would have ended had Kyrie Irving been playing in that series. That's fair. Yeah. When you talked about the the game last night, what did you think of the block charge call and the instant replay? Uh, Having been a fan for so many years now of the NBA when instant replay wasn't a part of the game. Yeah. And saying how refs have a ridiculously tough job. Yeah. I didn't think that was necessarily charge, and I love charges, but to I go into was, the replay was tough. Yeah, I, I don't know about, you know, because right, they had to use the justification of the restricted area, which everyone knew he wasn't in the restricted area. I'm not sure I totally understand the rule. As I always understood the rule, you can't still be moving, and LeBron was blatantly still moving. 
Did he have his feet down before Durant launched? Yes, he did. Hips so, still sliding, shoulders still he's sliding. Still moving. The reason and why he didn't take it straight on. No, he didn't take it straight on. That's why he fell to the side that right. he was already he was already moving towards. So if it's up, if I have to make that decision based on the um, on the replay, I would have said that it was close, but it was a block based on my understanding of the rule. Do you want the replay in the game? I have a very simple proposal for replay in every single sport, and all it is is if you can't tell in 15 seconds, you, you have complete latitude to change anything, and the guy on the court doesn't, they have one more official, and he's sitting on right on the field, uh, or court side, whatever the, your sport is, and he has a TV, and anytime it's close, that guy gets two looks at it, and or, or lady, and if it's just not like, oh, no, 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 no. You guys fucked that royally. <laughs> Play on. Does that go it, to... It just overturns the most. And you can review anything if you can tell by looking at it twice. This is... No one on earth would disagree. You guys just fucked that one up. Pass interference in the NFL? Everything. Balls and strikes. That would be insane. I would replace home plate umpires with robots, robots before Robot I did that. Okay. Yeah. Because that's the the with, and now we're on a different sport. But with mm-hmm. the pitch tracker on every single broadcast shows the pitch going through the strike zone or not. Yeah. That's readily available half a second after the pitch. I just baseball to me is a tiny little bit different because I think it's an anachronistic sort of game, and I like the fact that some fat guy you know with bad knees has to decide balls and strikes and they have all different strike zones i know it's not nearly as bad as it used to be and they're more consistent with one another and just with themselves with you know game to game and pitcher to pitcher but i like that the old fat guy just decides if it's (laughs) the guy who who probably needs a prescription to drive his car gets to call balls and strikes i don't mind that so much but yeah everything else it's like jeffrey mayer reaches out and touches the ball that's it's, not a home run. Yeah. Ruined Baltimore Orioles fandom for a number of years. Any idiot could look at that for two seconds and just knew what was going on. Otherwise, I would get rid of instant replay altogether because what you're saying in that case, which I think a lot of people have trouble with this, and we, the genie's out of the bottle, so you can never make this case, but it's just part of the romance of the game is that sometimes bad calls happen and we the the wrongness of it adds to the romance of, and the human the human drama of this that's the argument so either no instant replay anywhere or captain obvious on the side <laughs> makes the call otherwise otherwise just play on and in that case you wouldn't have overturned that call because it's completely debatable yeah just no call it just le- let it happen like there was contact was for too. sure it's just man like it's two 610 dudes yeah 250 something pounds or whatever just going into each other just let it play on. Real quick, speaking of no calls, I like how the refs have decided to go ace and stop calling the when the guy is 50 feet from the basket and you reach in and then they just throw their hands up and go, no, I was going to shoot. Once again, the easiest rule fix in the world. It's if it's it, a, That was a directive from the NBA. Like, don't allow that sweep through fake up shooting motion if the hand's on the forearm. That's not an actual basketball move. Exactly. That's It's the easiest fix in the world. It's not could he have been shooting. It's would he have been shooting. Was he shooting? Use your brain. Was that the plan or did he just take advantage of it? And if it's not, if you jump into a defender, that's not your normal shooting motion unless you are uh, Marco Bellinelli. It has changed James Harden games. Uh, James Harden's game, though. It should. It was bullshit. <laughs> uh, we got to go. Um, NBA Finals. There's at least three more games of it. <laughs> One way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>